Hello and welcome to the Generous June Daily Podcast, where we'll be exploring generosity together. Hi, my name is Graham Sandersfield, the Learning Development Manager at the Diocese of Sheffield. So why are we thinking about generosity? Surely it's in order to make our lives and the lives of those in our community all the richer by thinking and considering how to give away what God has given us. Our reading today is 2 Corinthians 8 verses 11 and 12. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. The key message here from the term eager willingness is that generosity must come from the heart, not a sense of duty. Paul doesn't mention the tithe here. That's because a particular sum or even a percentage can't show how generous or sacrificial a person is. So generosity is all about what's going on in your heart and not about how much you give. If I earn 10 million a year and give away 90%, that still leaves me with a million. It's referred to later in the same letter, God loves a cheerful giver. Chapter 9, verses 7. There's a sense in the Greek translation of the word cheerful or hilarious, where we get the word hilarious, that we are won over, already inclined to give. But how can we become won over? Before Covid restrictions nudged our family's weekly big shop over to click and collect, I shopped at Aldi. On one of my visits, as usually is the case, there was a homeless man sitting near the exit. As I often do, I stacked up the reasons why I shouldn't give him anything. I was in a particular hurry to get home. I didn't have any small change, and anyway, you shouldn't give to people in the street as many are addicts and will spend the money unwisely. So I appeared distracted by something in the shop window. I managed to get in and get out without catching his eye. But then I had to take the trolley back. But again, I managed to appear distracted on my phone as I swept past in a hurry. All the while, I had in my mind words from Matthew 25. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. That was Jesus sitting there. After I swept past Jesus for the third time, apparently distracted by my phone, I actually noticed there was a text message from my wife asking me to pick up a few things that we'd missed off the list. So I had to go past again, and my resolve broke. I asked him what I could get him from the shop, and he gave me a list of stuff, and I tried to get the best sandwich, drink, chocolate bar, hat and gloves I could find. When I came out, I decided I didn't need to get back home quite so urgently, so I sat with him and talked. Ali was a refugee from Libya. He left his wife and children to come to the UK to find work and send money back. I could see in his eyes, clouded only by tears as he told me his story in broken English, that he was not an addict. I gave him some money, offered to pray for him after a while, and he said he knew the Spirit of God was on him, and he prayed for me. I got so much more from that encounter than it cost me in money or time. I came back glowing with the Spirit of God. Why do we hold on to what God has given us and feel so insecure and uncomfortable about giving it away? In the next chapter of 2 Corinthians, Paul compares generosity with sowing seed and reaping a harvest. When we sow seed, we don't get more seed back. We get fruit, wheat, apples, grapes and the like. And likewise, when we're generous with our money and time, we don't get them back. We get so much more. The fruit of God's Spirit is much, much more. 
So the question for us all is, how do we stop feeling so uncomfortable and insecure about our money and our future security? And how do we become eager and willing to be generous? We need to rethink and remember the reality and truth that we live in. Jesus, even though he was so poor, lived in the absolute reality of where humanity started in the Garden of Eden, where there was abundance and right relationship with God, each other and the world. He knew the reality of where humanity is going, the new heaven, the new earth, where there will be abundance, right relationship with God, each other and the world. He came to restore the kingdom of God. We know that not just from his words, but every miracle he performed restored the kingdom of God in a small but cataclysmic way back to the way God intended the world to be, driving out spiritual enemies, providing abundant food and the best wine, subduing the weather, healing sickness and even bringing back the dead to life. It was clear he lived in the reality of abundance. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. But of course we do live in a world of poverty, people starving or homeless, almost exclusively brought about by humanity's insecurities and unwillingness to be eagerly generous. So let us try to live in the reality of God's abundance and be eager and willing to be generous. Thank you for joining us for the Generous June Daily Podcast. We hope to see you again tomorrow.